Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed, and his lords were astonished. Verse 10, the queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. This is not his wife. This is his mother. This is the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar. Just for context, this is Nebuchadnezzar's daughter. She is the queen. The queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom this is the spirit of the holy God. And I told you last week and the week before, that isn't what that's saying. It's actually saying has the spirit of the holy gods, plural, little g. That's what's being said there. Uh, and in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Verse 12 Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting, er, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel, take note of that, be called, and he will give you the interpretation. Father, this is your word. And God, I pray right now in this moment, get me out of the way. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon this whole congregation, upon your people, upon me, Lord. Help me to teach your truth and your word. Father, help it to sink deep into our hearts and change us from the inside out. Your word is truth. You esteem your word above your name. Lord, let us respect that. And God, let it change us from the inside out. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so... It can be a little confusing with all of these things that I was talking about, so I'll give you a little bit of a snapshot here. So Belshazzar, he's the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar. But this is what happened. Let me go through the history. We're now several years after Nebuchadnezzar has died. And this is what happened. Now, Nebuchadnezzar reigned for about 43 years. And remember, he gave his heart over to the Lord at the end, and he finished well. And so his grandson and many others should have learned those lessons, which we'll come back to. But after his death, there was a struggle for the throne, as you might imagine. Now, 2 Kings 25 and Jeremiah 52 tells us that Nebuchadnezzar's son, his oldest son, evil Merodach. Now, evil in this sense, even though he was evil, that's not what the word means in the Aramaic. It means soldier. Merodach is one of their false gods. So the soldier of Merodach is what this means. But he was the one placed on the throne. He was the eldest son, and he came to power, but he was wicked. He was a wicked man. And he only lasted a couple years, and they removed him. They killed him. In fact, one of his brothers, one of the other princes of Babylon, killed him. And then that man, uh, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce his name. Uh, in Jeremiah 39, it's Nerga Shalazer or Shalazer, something like that. I, I should have wrote it down. Anyway, in Jeremiah 39, 
He is then placed on the throne, but he's wicked and evil as well. He only lasts four years, and then he dies of so-called natural causes. You know, I won't make any jokes about that. But So then there's a group of family members who then place his son, who has diminished uh, mental capacity. He's a young, younger man. He really was too young for the throne. But he also had diminished mental capacity. And what they did is they raised him up on the throne so that they could control him like a puppet and rule from the shadows. I mean, that can never happen today. You know what I mean? But then a group of men got together, one of them being the son-in-law of Nebuchadnezzar, and this is who we're going to see. They got together and they killed this young man because he wasn't fit for the throne. And his name is Nabonidus, and he is the husband of the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nabonidus, it sounds like a disease or a sickness. He comes to the throne, and this is what happens. He, this is bizarre. This whole family's bizarre. So this is what happens. Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't really like being the king, but he did it anyway. And, um, but he liked spending his time on vacation. He went to Arabia all the time, and he would just spend all of his time away from the kingdom. So he set his son Belshazzar on the throne as kind of a figurehead. This man was always in Arabia. He was flighty. He was strange. He was weird. He was seeking after false gods. He put Belshazzar on his throne. And this is why when Belshazzar offers a reward of the royal garments, the purple, and the gold chain. And then he says, I will make you third in command in Babylon. That's why. Because his father was actually the king. Belshazzar was a king. He was set up as the king instead of his father. But really, so that's what's going on here. Okay? So hopefully that (laughs) somewhat clears things up. But we read here that this wicked guy, Belshazzar, who's ruling at this time, instead of planning for war... He plans a party because, again, he thinks he's too big to fall. He doesn't think they're in any danger. They're Babylon. They've never lost a war. They are too big to fall. They're too rich. They have too many goods. They have enough goods for over 20 years. He's not even worried about it. So he decides to throw this party. And, again, we know what those parties are all about. But notice this, what happens in verse 2. While he tasted the wine, so while he's getting drunk, Belshazzar Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. He takes the holy vessels from the temple and uses them for debauchery and pagan worship. And I just want you to think about that for a second. Think of this. These are godly instruments, godly vessels that are now being used for pagan ritual, for evil, for evil use. But before we get too hard on Belshazzar, remember this, Christian, we are the temple of God. (laughs) The Holy Spirit of God dwells in each one of us. This is something to really contemplate and really think about. Because God didn't stand for this. He didn't like this. He didn't like what Belshazzar did. But how much more When you think about your own life and you think about who we are as Christians, God is not happy when we, as vessels of honor, or those filled with the Holy Spirit, are used for evil and wicked things, for pagan rituals. When we choose to defile the vessel, when we choose to sin willingly, you know, in rebellion, you know what I'm talking about. We've all done it. When we do that, aren't we just as guilty? of defiling those vessels before God. The scripture talks about vessels of honor and dishonor. They're in the same great house. He talks about those vessels of dishonor to cleanse yourself so that you're able to be used for the master. And so before, like I said, we get too hard here on Belshazzar. Understand, 
You and I are the temple of the living God. You and I are to be vessels of honor. We're not to be used to defile him, to come against him. We're not to to use our bodies to sin. It's just a good reminder. But here we see the wickedness in Belshazzar. And God's not going to stand for what he does. And so we see in verse 6, the king is going to become fearful. It says, then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him. After he sees this, so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. And not to be humorous about this, but think about that. Have you ever been so fearful or so afraid, so scared that your body, you you didn't feel like you could control it? I I told you many years ago, I was so afraid of public speaking that I, I mean, I would flunk a class if I had to. I did not want to get up in front of people. And I remember one time I had to get up in front of people and give a speech and my legs felt like jelly. Like, I could compete in athletics, all of that stuff I loved, but to get up in front of people and speak, it was, (laughs) I mean, I literally, my legs were like jelly. Have you ever been so scared, so nervous? But think of this, amplified probably 10 times. He's fearful. He sees a hand writing on the wall. I think if we saw a hand right on the wall right now, I think a few of us would be a little freaked out. It'd be a little scary. So, but talk about sobering him up, right? Here he is drinking wine. He's probably feeling pretty good. He's not feeling good anymore. Verse 7. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. The king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be third, the third ruler in the kingdom. He is so scared and so nervous, he does what a lot of wealthy people do, a lot of powerful people do. I will buy this. I will buy whatever I need to to make this go away. I will fix this somehow. And I've told you, being extremely wealthy and powerful like this, you know, we have people like that in the world today, it's the closest anyone will ever be to being a god, little g, because they don't really have to rely on anybody or anything. They just buy their way out of trouble, or they just pay for that medical thing, or, you know, they have more money than they have brains. They can do whatever they want. And so here we see this, and then in verse 8, we see that all of those soothsayers, they tried to give him advice, but they couldn't. They couldn't read the interpretation. And then in verse 9, then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. When they couldn't do it, his countenance was changed, and his lords were, uh, were astonished. Now, this is what it's saying. He thought his problem could be solved by throwing money at it like he usually did. They come to him and they say, no matter what price you give us, we cannot tell you what this is. We don't know. And then it says that his countenance was changed. That means he turned even more pale. His lords were astonished. And what it means is they had never seen him this fearful. They had never seen him like this. So in essence, it was freaking them all out. They didn't know what to think of all this. And now, enter his mom. His mom's going to come into the scene, and she seems to have some sense. And we don't know if she became a follower of the one true God like her father, Nebuchadnezzar, did. But she certainly learned from his lessons. You can tell just from what she says here. But what we're finding out is she has to tell Belshazzar about Daniel. He didn't know about Daniel, or at least not much about Daniel. So this means her husband, Nabonidus, and the son, Belshazzar, never called upon Daniel. I'm sure Daniel would have been a pretty big buzzkill for pagan rituals, you know what I mean? But he had been relegated to obscurity. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. 
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.